Wake up, Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Thursday. Steve Sipple, Jake, Jake Sorensen, early break. It's been a wild show so far. I was... Wild. Yeah, wild is the... Is not the surprising, not fun, not, not, not interesting. Fun. Well, no, it's, our first half was, I was about like Nebraska. I was, I was uh, so-called unprepared for the show. Oh, wow. We, we, we did two we, remotes We kind of both were. I was busy yesterday. Well, here's I what happened. I sent you a rundown, at least, so you had... Yeah, you, you had did, to, and I appreciate it. What can I do? Now, here's what here happened. There was... We had some he, mistakes in the opening segment. Yeah, Jake was – and I made a bigger mistake. Jake was just unprepared. I just made a bad mistake. <laughs> Moderately um, unprepared. I didn't have the. I didn't have audio for Well, anything. what happened was I I read some Whipple quotes, I, <laughs> and then Jake came back and read the exact same ones. No, I read later. one. I read one of the same. I read one different one and one the same. And then what I – I got – I was all over Whipple. I, 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 got, I got over Whipple in, in terms of uh, criticism – for not calling a timeout uh, before Rutgers dove at the you know dove at the legs on the victory formation, they didn't have a timeout. Mm. Yeah, well. We, well, we all make mistakes. We're here though. That's why Shaper's here. He's the he's the editor of the. That's group. the kind of stuff should be taken care of before the show though. Now I made mine on the fly. It was on the fly. But mistakes are going to happen. Yeah, it's how you respond perfect. to the mistakes that determines how it actually matters that's right Thank we we, we like adversity here we like adversity because we bounce <laughs> back it one quote at a time <laughs> right. that Take voice it. you hear is mike schaefer 24 7 sports here for the full hour sponsored by trek cbd 84th and highway 2 schaefer uh we're two days away from kickoff nebraska purdue huskers trying to get their first three game win streak since 2016 Schaefer was around. Vincent Napa pointed that out. I mean, he was. <laughs> Don't, it's a sad. I watched him win even more than three in a row. Though. It's a sad fact. Three, the, the, potentially their first three-game win streak since 2016 has been has been a lot of losing at Nebraska. The spread has jumped from an opening at 12 and a half to 14 as of this morning. Schaefer, you're a gambler. What would I you am do? a gambler. That what feels high. Do? Does it? Feels high to me. Are you surprised uh, it's gone up? I would think it'd go down to nine and a half to ten. Maybe. How much of this has to do with the status of Luke Reimer and Quentin Newsom? I mean, definitely, we, definitely a factor. So, but they have injury issues too. Right tackle, right. third string down to third string right tackle. They have a DB's hurt. Chris yep. Jefferson. Yeah, I, I think if I was guessing going into this line being set, coming off of Friday's win and and their win at eleven a.m. against Purdue. Um, or their their win Purdue at 11 a.m. against Maryland. I would have guessed more of a like eight and a half kind of line. Mm-hmm. Um, totally agree with you. Two touchdowns is a lot. Like we're talking about a Purdue team that this is a little bit unusual territory for them. Like I don't, I doubt we have the research right now on hand, but I can't think of a lot of times in which Purdue in recent memory has been a two touchdown favorite in a conference game. Right, and. We're also not talking about, like, the best Purdue team that we've seen in the last 10 years either. Like, they're good. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. And I, I think actually what makes them 
solid is their defense more than um, what we've seen them do on offense. Yeah. Their defense has kept them probably in more games than what you're used to with Purdue. But at the same time, I don't I, – I mean, I wouldn't have made Nebraska the favorite. I feel like a touchdown to a little more than a oh, touchdown yeah, is, yeah. is is the line. Everything else is just like they're – Vegas must feel very certain that Luke Reimer and Quentin Newsom are out or that there's another injury that's unspoken. Well, I, I'd say this. I, I, don't I, think, I don't think Vegas probably doesn't believe in Nebraska's last two games they've had. I mean, they, they Indiana and Rutgers are not good football teams. We all know that. And, yeah, and Nebraska – like, That's a stupid trap to get into. They may not be good football game or football teams, but there's no one in the West that's a good football team. Like we can sit there and we can prop up Illinois all we want, and they still lost to Indiana. They did. What about Minnesota? We can talk about Minnesota all we want, and they still really kind of got their pants pulled down and kicked in the fanny by Purdue. Oh, that's descriptive. Like that's pretty these aren't good teams; they're flawed teams. Mm-hmm. I don't know that any of them are fourteen-point favorites against anybody but Northwestern right now, mm-hmm. which Nebraska was, and we saw how that went. Yeah. So <laughs> I like. They're not great. It's not great. It is as bad as the the division has been since Nebraska, since the divisions existed, right? Like, I I mean, Mm -hmm. you could could sell me on Purdue winning the West, Wisconsin coming back and winning the West, Minnesota winning the West, Illinois winning the West. The teams that I'm pretty sure aren't going to win the West, I think Nebraska's got a real tough schedule to get there. So they're going to have to rip off a lot of wins that defy logic Mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Northwestern, no. Mm-hmm. I don't believe Iowa has the offense no. to score. I'm thinking these yeah. games. I for so b- those four teams, mm-hmm. but they're all. If you were like Mike, don't you think Nebraska could go one and three against those four teams? Sure. Best case scenario, maybe they go two and two. Mm-hmm. I don't like because Nebraska has the ability to beat any of those four teams, and I see Nebraska as sort of a middling six and six, seven and five is the best case scenario. That there you go. That tells me the the division isn't that deep. No, and you know what else tells you that? I mean, I wanted to bite back a little bit and say, no, you know, Shafe, it's it's there's a lot of parity, there's a lot of balance, but it's okay. And I'm just thinking, ah, the non conference would suggest it's not very good. Washington State beat Wisconsin. Yep. Iowa lost Iowa State. Iowa, Iowa State's Oklahoma 0-3. Whips Oklahoma whips Nebraska. The non Syracuse beats Purdue. Yeah. Uh, uh, what the, else we got? Oh, uh, it was more than that. Yeah, yeah. there's more than that. Uh well I mean Purdue barely beats Florida Atlantic. Uh there's more there's more but anyway it's all pretty much in the West though the West well that's what what we're talking about that's what we're talking about I know so no I can't I can't buy back it's not very good I mean but I'm not diminishing Nebraska's wins here's why I don't diminish Nebraska's wins against Indiana and Rutgers I picked Indiana how could I diminish the win I picked Indiana right how could you diminish the win I can't. That was the most confident I think I'll be all year that Nebraska is going to get a win since the North Dakota game has passed. Indiana? Yeah. I think I said that on this uh, show. Like, we, I, no, I felt really good. I thought I was on the why. weirdest island that yeah, week because I was just confident. They were there were some other people that were picking them. I mean, I know. Well, you, it made like, sense to pick them, but I, I didn't feel that confident about picking either side. Well, you didn't. Yeah. We picked what, We picked a close Indiana win. Both what did we do with Rutgers? We picked a close win. like For Nebraska? Yeah, for Nebraska. Yeah. But but it close. Yeah, Not was right. it wasn't confident. It wasn't like a a ten point win. It was I definitely like thought Rutgers was going to be the tougher of the two games, and it, it turned out to be. But it was some of that, and this is why 
if you were going to push back and be like, well, here's why they're a 14-point underdog. It's a road game, and Nebraska's been a bad road team for a while. And that atmosphere is going to be a lot more on display than whatever they were doing in New Jersey on Friday night. I think so, yeah. So I think um, so. Did no, they, they show up for night games at West Lafayette. Yeah, I mean, now Jersey, Nebraska the versus, hotels are sold out, right? Yeah, they are. They're sold out. Yeah. $600 you got to pay for a hotel room. The, the atmosphere in Rutgers was pretty tough, though, I will say that. I know Mickey had the so-called I've heard it from thing. other media members that were out there that they weren't impressed by it at all. Well, it was loud, though. Really? Yeah. Was it, was, it loud or induced loud with Induced noise? loud. Okay. Induced, yeah. yeah. Okay. It was interesting because I don't know Fake how loud. legal that is. I, well, I, I'd, I'd question that. Um, there's a lot of illegal activity in Jersey. Um, <laughs> there is. Uh, now I'm sad that Polly Walnuts wasn't there to watch that game. But, yeah, no, it was a lot of induced noise, loud nightclub-type scene mm-hmm. before the snap. <laughs> um, and, and the light show virtually every down. I mean, they don't wait for the third quarter break. They just do it every play pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, was, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for Casey, for sure. Hmm. Hey, what was the stat? He was You're pressured. right, though. Purdue will be tougher. It'll be a tougher. He average. was pressured how many? Uh, what, what percentage of his snaps? 60 Well, I think he... I heard 21 out of 37 and drops back. Yeah. So whatever Something that like is that. map-wise. Yeah. 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 So, so that's right. Schaefer's got it. At least 55%. Yeah. I mean, I can't. Do okay. That so on the Mike only sacked once, curiously. Well, yeah. One sack. My question is how, how does he survive the season? He's getting hit. I know only one sack, but he's getting pressured every single drop back, pretty much. Not everyone, but it feels like every drop back he's getting pressured. Well, I mean, I, I assume the best cold tub on the planet and uh, a really strong regiment to keep his body as healthy as possible. Which, which case he's Sunday like through Friday. Roll him out a little bit more, right? Yes. Use a different cadence at the line of scrimmage. Change up your cadence. They never do that. Change up your cadence. Um, roll him out. Get the run game going a little bit more. Some of the danger right now, though, is, and they had to do it against Rutgers, is you need some of these late releases become your best options, which means he has to sit there and hold it, mm-hmm. which obviously we've seen it's earlier true. in the year. He holds the ball, but he's looking downfield. But you're basically inducing these pressures yeah. or these hits because you're trying to draw that away from the running back or the tight end. So it's it's counterintuitive, but Nebraska might be sort of playing into that pressure stat by having him sit there and hold it so Grant can release mm-hmm. with eight yards of nobody in front of him. Yeah. And that's yeah. what they did third and fourth quarter against Rutgers. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's kind of a catch twenty two. Yeah, they're yeah they're you're you're putting him in harm's way with that specific play call. Uh, but that might also be your best way to quote unquote run the football because you can't line sure. it up yeah. and maul people. Jake, yeah. you I know mean, they're it. they're horrible up front. Like they we, are. They're it, terrible. And you can't... Everybody knows it. Um, they just have to figure out how they can game plan around it. How do you do? That's that? why I think you have to have some real grace for Mark Whipple and the play calling. And you needed it in the past with Scott Frost because calling plays when your offensive line can neither run block or pass block with any level of consistency is difficult. You know as well as anybody, Jake, you watch the Dolphins. I do. The Dolphins have a bad offensive line. They've always had a bad offensive line. My whole lifetime, they had a bad how offensive do they, line. How do they scheme around it? They just lose. 
Well, their quarterbacks keep getting concussed <laughs> yeah, right. at the beginning of games. They're, they're on the so third string quarterback. Are, are they really? Subject. Are they really getting around it? They Sid? play the Vikings this week. Yeah, it's gonna be a nice loss. A Speaking good birthday present for Schaefer. So Skylar Thompson's gonna get his first home victory. <laughs> I'd love that. That'd be awesome. I'd trade it if you can convince me the Guardians are still playing on uh, Monday. Okay. Yeah, we'll so. take that trade. I mean, yeah. okay, we'll give no. you a, a loss for the Vikings and a win for the Guardians. Well, multiple wins. Couple, for the yeah. So I'll, scheming I'll around an offensive line issue is not easy. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> is that breaking news? There are ways you can get them help. The rollout is is a good idea. Mm. The the concern is you cut off half the field by doing it, mm. which then means your receivers have to win mm. or your quarterback has to be pretty good against zone coverage. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that Casey – I feel like Casey's mistakes this year have come against zone coverage more often than man. But he's probably playing against more zone than man because man is like going the way of the dodo bird. Yes. Okay. Well, you, you had a stat the other day, Sip, that of Anthony Grant didn't have, didn't have a great game. He had forty-seven no. yards, but nineteen four, carries, forty-seven. But forty-five yards. of those yards came right after contact. After contact. Oh, yeah, because he's. I mean, they were they were. Yeah, we're about his health too. Yeah, basically. I mean, I'm worried about literally anyone <laughs> that touches the ball over there. Yeah, they're not deep. So one of the damning things about this team right now is they can't really afford any losses to players. They just don't have through choice or through uh, whatever we want to call it. They don't have a lot of depth behind anybody. I'm trying I mean, to think where there's depth. There's not a lot. I mean, because right now you're pretty much going from Anthony Grant to, to Jock Yant. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Gabe Irvin's back and ready to help. Had a toe issue, warmed up, and then told Mickey no go. Yeah. So uh, you don't have a lot there at running back now. Um, now, he might be okay now. At, at wide receiver, you've lost uh, – I mean, Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda wasn't going to play anyways, Dumb. but he's out. Um, Omar Manning, potentially out. Yep. Uh, you already don't like any of your redshirt freshmen. So you made it very apparent they're not going to play, you so moved, they're you out. To, you moved a quarterback so you're not getting to receiver. Kamonte Grimes or Sean Hardy. Um, so Kamonte Grimes, Sean Hardy still on the roster. But they don't dress right. for home games, or they, you know, they're they're just they're non-factors. Mm-hmm. We're just going to call it like we know it is. Mm-hmm. They're non-factors. Victor Jones Jr. I don't think is a factor. So you're already just going into you have Trey Palmer, Marcus Washington, Oliver Martin, Alante Brown, maybe Janarian Bonner, Brody Belt, Wyatt Lever, uh, Tommy, Hill. Tommy, Tommy Hill, Tommy Hill, and whatever Tommy Hill gives you in the middle of switching positions. In which you're better off probably with him playing corner because of your depth issues there. Like it is a mess. If they're able, to, so maybe some of that it's into the Vegas line too. But they don't. They really don't have depth. They need this bye week coming up in the worst way possible. They'd be better off the bye week was right now and Purdue was coming out of it. But it's not. Yeah. Oh, we don't know. I mean, we don't know about Reimer and Quentin Newsom. I think Reimer will play. Um, I don't know about Newsom. I'm not sure about Travis Volkolek. I, has, I haven't heard much. Yeah, yeah, that one's sort of, you know, he finished the game, but at the same time, the way he was grabbing that ankle and everything, I was yeah. concerned that was a longer than one play. Once again, though, he materializes for the post game. He's at the podium, and he's not limping. So mm. I don't, I don't, yeah, I didn't know what to make and of him. And he all had a that. great game. He had a good game against Rutgers. Really good Volkolek game. Yeah. Did. I mean, he's important. We knew that the whole season. Mm-hmm. I mean, Schaefer, do you think at some point this year we will see Thomas Fedoni or not? Uh, to join him that, that, the official Fedoni watch is on. I I mean, I know he wants to play. Um, they've got to be able to be the point where there's a green light and they're not concerned that he's going to, 
to re-injure himself. And then you got to remember where Teddy Prohaska was mentally when he was trying to play earlier this year. You can't have him out there thinking there's a concern with his leg. Right. He has to be full go. And I look, if someone's going to make it happen and will it to happen, it's the guy that every time I see a Twitter post from him, it's some sort of – What's he uh, say? Uh, he's been posting some just gifs. Like the last one I think I remember was there was a jail cell set on, or like shut on a guy. Like he's ready to go. He wants out of I'll the find his timeline. So, um, Can you do you know, and he's got a lot of inspirational uh, stuff in there too. So I'm, I'm rooting for him. I hope it happens. I don't want this to be a what if. I want him to have a career. Yeah. Very badly. Well, if Nebraska <laughs> did post one in a jail cell. <laughs> right. <laughs> What is it? I've been wanting to talk about that for like it, a week now. It doesn't make any sense. Can you, just, can you describe it? Standing behind a jail cell with the, with the cell closing <laughs> on him. It's October 7th. Was that, was that the game day they had? Uh, yeah, it was the same day as the game, wasn't it? It was 2.30 p.m. on October 7th. He posted it with no words of a guy just yeah. getting slammed on the jail cell. And that was the day of the Rutgers game. Well, there you go. That was... Probably maybe he was in an actual trip. jail in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was he on the trip? No, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe he just wants to be on a travel. It'd be fun to watch. We, we haven't <laughs> seen him yet. You know, this is a guy that comes in as, as the top rated tight end in the country in his class. Well, think we about. We haven't seen him. Just it's think about it, how it, it might alleviate some of the issues we're talking about to have Vokalek and Fedoni. Well, because then Fedoni can become sort of that Y receiver that they've talked about. I mean, Vokalek. Part of why Vokalek has more value than we even get into is he's probably the best run blocker on the team. Well, I think he might be the best overall blocker. Yeah. So, which, which, which begs the question. Is why he's him. running those late releases because you need him in there to help, and then he slips out, and then he's got like six yeah. or seven yards in yeah. front of him. Mm-hmm. He does. Great hands, too. Yeah. I... I, I I know there was a time where there was it was a possibility that he'd go to tackle, which well, I I think in the NFL, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if a team's like, look, you're probably not a tight end for us. If you are, you're a third down mm-hmm. or a third third string tight end or a goal line tight end mm-hmm. because you can move people. But if you let us put some weight on you, I think you might he, have a position. I think he's a, would be an excellent tackle. I mean, yeah, we have to. I, he is. He is very, very good as a blocker. Yeah. I, I would love to see it. And he's he just got everything. Yeah. He's got that length and long arms. He's got to be mobile. willing to make that move, though. That's yeah. you know, yeah. many a tight end have been in that category and choose not to. Yep, that's so. true. But I would think there's some incentive in the form of millions of dollars <laughs> if if it works out for you. Right. If you, I mean, if the difference between you being on the practice squad and you being on the active roster and getting game day checks is you playing tackle, mm-hmm. eh, it probably makes it a little bit more helpful. inducing. Yeah, generational wealth is a motivator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you found that to be true in your career. <laughs> usually, no. Is. Uh, Schaefer, there was a, some big news in the NFL um, this week that might be, I guess, curious for Nebraska oh, fans. Oh, yeah. Matt, <laughs> that, that took me a minute. Yeah. Matt Rule was fired by the Panthers with an 11-27 and 27 record. Yes. Uh, you know, Not a good career with the Panthers, but that's a name that a lot of the people in the media nationally say that, that's a, it's a good fit at Nebraska. I'd ask you, is he a good fit at Nebraska? Do you think that Trev Alberts will make him a, a top guy in his pursuit? I, I think he is a really interesting candidate for this job. I would want him on my short list. I would want to at least have the opportunity to pitch the job to him um, and see where he would go with that. This is a guy that took over a downtrodden Baylor team. Yeah. Um, you know, he has gotten a lot 
out of the kind of recruits that Nebraska is basically like the, the sort of end of recruiting where Nebraska would be playing in right now until you get to the level where you're a consistent top 25 team and then you can kind of make a little bit of a recruiting jump. I think that Matt Rule has that ability. We've seen him develop players in his career, even just in a short time at Baylor. Um, you know, guys like uh, James Lynch come to mind. I mean, he's just he's been a, a successful coach. I think he fits the demeanor of someone who would do well in the Midwest, uh, would do well in the Big Ten Conference. He, you know, talking to Max Olson, who covered him a lot when he was at Baylor and, and came away with uh, pretty favorable impressions, Max feels like he would be, you know, fit very comfortably in Lincoln, uh, so that wouldn't necessarily be a concern. Sometimes the coach also has to work in the community. Yep. We don't always think about that aspect of it, mm-hmm. uh, and he thinks that Matt Rule would would be just fine there. And this is a guy that's like, he's a hand. Like, there's stories coming out of Carolina, and part of why he didn't work in the NFL, he's a very hands-on guy. Like he, you know, he wants control of certain things, and that's more of what you find in college. <laughs> college yeah. You know, and so I, I would certainly make him, uh, you know, get into a conversation there. And if he's not interested, he's not interested. If he is. I would I would put him in the upper echelon of the candidates that you're going after. I, I really yeah. would. I, I I see a lot of people because when you when you bring up candidates, there's always going to be a lot of positive and negative reviews. And, and it, is the negative review just the fact he just had a bad run of the Panthers? Is that it? What else? Well, is, yeah, what else I mean, is negative the ten review? and whatever isn't going to endear anybody. And none of their seasons were particularly competitive uh, that he was there. Um, and then there's people that are like, oh, well, he just inherited. Uh, Art Bryles Baylor program and I don't think it works like that when they drop down to like 32 total scholarship guys or whatever no he rebuilt that yeah I mean a temple temple he's a he's a builder yeah I I think he you know Brunts loves the phrase checks a lot of boxes I think Matt Rule checks a lot oh there's no doubt about it I mean I I also I mean I don't I've been on record saying this I don't think there's any sort of like slam dunk guaranteed to go great higher in this cycle, and I don't know that there is. There's not. Is there, anybody, is there any close to that? Um, I would put Matt Rule in the towards the top okay. of that. I, I agree with that. I put I put Lane Kiffin toward the top of that. Yeah, I would too. I'd put maybe Stoops Mark toward I the top of that. I would not put Mark Stoops. It's not as con- no. I, I, I I'm I'm Rule and Stoops on the same plane, but okay. all those guys are pretty good. To me. I, that's is, fine. Is Aranda yeah. on the same plane as those guys or not? Uh. Dave Aranda. I have a little more questions with him, I guess, but not, you know, it, it wouldn't sit here and be like, oh, I would be unhappy if Dave Aranda took the Nebraska job. No, I, I think it'd be a good um, I I guess I don't view him as favorably as I do Matt Rule. Here's the deal. If we're Here, talking about the last two Baylor coaches, and you're like, Mike, you can have one of these two yep. guys, I'm taking Matt Rule. I, I'm taking Matt Rule also. In that there's instance. no, but Mike's right, there's no slam dunks out there. Which takes pressure off Trev, I think, in a weird way. Well, we we said this. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough cycle to I think try to to pick somebody out of. We there, said the only unifiers if Mickey gets hot and just goes an eight and four. Yeah, there's, there's not that's, a that's consensus. It. That's it, though. I was I was on um, a different radio program and lost my mind for about eight minutes going off about the idea that there's 
every resume you're going to look at, you're going to be able to find warts and poke some holes into. And so I think the important thing for people to acknowledge is there's not going to be this consensus. Everyone's going to come together and absolutely love this one I don't think it's going to happen, yeah. Because even a guy like Lane Kiffin, you're going to have the person who's, yeah, but USC, yeah, but Tennessee. Oh, I know. Yeah, but his personality. And then what if the NFL calls? What if the Chargers call? Right. So it's there's always going to be a yeah, but. And there is. I think Trev knows that. And I think when you look at his sort of statements during that Scott Frost firing press conference, kind of laid it out. Like people aren't necessarily going to love what happens here. And he feels, you know, he can go make a hire and, and that person's going to work. That's all that really matters, to be honest. We've seen it where everybody was unified behind one candidate. It didn't matter didn't. when it came to on field. And we've seen the other side of it, too, where people weren't unified and it didn't work. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it doesn't, I don't know. It's it, it is striking to me that there's nobody really that people would just all agree on. Well, we we say, okay, Matt Rule will be high on that list. And Lane Kiffin. What, what is Mike Gundy on that list? Mm, yeah, but not realistic. He would be for me. But I also the the longer this exercise goes on, the more I just feel like there's a um, lot of coaches I would be completely fine covering here in Lincoln. Yeah, me too. Um I look, I think Mike Gundy could win quite a few games. There's a few Lincoln that Brown. I just think would automatically be in that eight to nine win territory. They'd get it there quickly. By year two. Two or three, yeah. I, I think there's a few guys like I point to Gundy as one of those. Yep. Rule strikes me as that. Sure yep. he could write it yeah, yeah. pretty quick. Um I mean, you got the seven wins with fifty can or fifty scholarship players in his mm-hmm. second year. They're out there. You got you just gotta you gotta get them here. Now Baylor also and this is something that I've had people on our message board say. I'm sure you've had people on your message board say or or you know, call into the show or write into you guys. There, what Baylor did under both Bryles and then Rule and a little bit with Aranda, they didn't exactly aggressively schedule their non-conference. They gave themselves some real leeway, mm-hmm. which allows you to get to three quick wins before you're even playing conference. I think games. Nebraska fans are fine with that right now. Well, and you know, we used to right. call it around here Kansas State scheduling. Well, take it back. We want it back now. At this point, and I used to push back against this because I was someone who likes the helmet games and yeah. all of it. When your conference is adding UCLA and right. USC and you've got enough of these like yeah. you don't games, need the brands. Nine, and you're going to do nine games a year, at this point, I'm I'm pretty much on board with the cupcake schedule. How about Get Florida International coming in here? That'd be nice. <laughs> Get some wins. Give me Florida International, <laughs> Bethune-Cookman, and somebody else. Somebody from South Dakota. Not South Dakota State, South Dakota. Okay. No. Just stay the hell away from the Missouri Valley Conference. Don't do it. There's nothing good that comes out of it. Colorado State. UTEP. Let's get UTEP up here. Yeah. This is is where I'm at. Like, go back to the – Nebraska, as far as in my lifetime, has never had, like, really light scheduling like that. No, that's a good point. But they're at the point now where, you know, even if it's artificially enhanced, a 7-5 and or an 8-4 and or whatever – yeah. Looks pretty damn good, even if five yeah. of the wins are, you know, your conference and the other three are Florida and m I cringe a little bit during these conversations because it's just the continually drop, the continue, the continued standard. drop. Well, of they could go back up though. Yeah, just for now, you just get the cupcakes. I, then you can go for the big. Ones. I have changed a little bit on this because there's so many teams that have um, strong programs that don't schedule particularly hard, that don't leave their own state, that don't do road games, that Alabama. don't play that don't play anywhere that aren't neutral sites. That, yeah, you know, Alabama plays tough teams, but it's always neutral. So, to me, it's like, okay, you look around the country, and 
why are you setting yourself like this? Did Alabama now? Just... This is bad for the consumer because you want games that matter. Now you could come back at me on Alabama. They just went to Austin. Yeah, they played at Texas. Yeah. They've they've changed a little bit, but for that run in the middle of the 2010s, they weren't living. They, they were playing in the Georgia and Atlanta, Dallas. They played what Wisconsin at Green Bay or something or something. No, like they that. played Wisconsin. No, that was LSU in Jerry's world. Yep. They yeah. played Wisconsin in Jerry's world. More they next USC that way with Mike Schaefer early breaking the ticket. <laughs>